Welcome to another episode. It feels like I need to uh, apologise at the start of each episode where I have the intention of recording once every week, make it a weekly podcast and it doesn't seem to be happening. Um, Partly it's due to uh, my mental health, which is which I've um, shared in the past, and it's been been challenging as well. But again, it certainly set the intention to to record weekly, and sometimes even more would would be nice. So apologies to those who <clears throat> who are reading along with a new Earth or have most most likely overtaken me uh, or have been waiting for to listen to the next instalment of of reading so in some ways um it all becomes part of the practice the what has been read so far perhaps there's time to digest that what has been listened to from the readings Having some time to reflect and to absorb is is always good. So perhaps we can just take a moment just to ground, just to just to be grateful to be to be here together. In the present moment, there's a natural, I find there's a natural gratitude. Perhaps the feeling goes beyond, beyond the word. As soon as, as soon as gratitude, the word is mentioned, then it's, it's boxed up in a certain way. But there is a, a grateful energy recording and being, being present. And perhaps you can sense that in yourself by taking time out to to listen to to be in the now. And perhaps we can zoom out a little bit as well in our awareness of just to acknowledge a day you've had whether it's the start of your day perhaps you can acknowledge the morning the the sleep uh, the rest you had last night or if you've had a long busy day perhaps just just to acknowledge that and for those of you who can just just look at the week you've had as well and Perhaps it can be reflected upon in kindness, in compassion, without measuring what was done or achieved. Just, just acknowledge the moments that how life unfolded for you in this past week, this, this past day or today. And just perhaps you can give it some space 
and acknowledge that whatever has happened is has happened it's it cannot be changed as an acceptance of the events that have occurred and perhaps you can acknowledge the the unchanging you can acknowledge the changing of events of what happened in each day today and now in this present moment space you can acknowledge the how it's occurred in the unchanging the safe stability the secure permanence of now some mindful breaths just allowing this moment to be without waiting without expecting just letting go of everything There's nothing to be done here no need for thought just a moment of spaciousness allowing the body to align with the simplicity of now. settling down of it returning to its natural state of ease without the noise or thoughts the disturbance of thoughts and the emotions in the body is just you can sense the ease the stillness that remains
in some ways there is no need to read, to absorb, if you are truly in this restful presence in this moment that all is taken care of. Whatever healing needs to transpire is is happening. There is no it's it's flowing freely, the energy. What needs to be undone is is returning to its natural state when when we get out of the way of our of ourself where where our mind made identity is dropped and, and there's no there's no disturbance no blockage no it's just the alignment with life the aliveness of life But we are, <laughs> we are here to continue a new earth. But perhaps as you uh, listen to the words, you can listen to them from the the spaciousness that that you are in this moment. I was going to say feel, but it's more accurate to say you are this spaciousness. There is no separation from you and spaciousness. There is just the spaciousness and you can listen from from there so we have reached chapter 5 it's titled The Pain Body The greater part of most people's thinking is involuntary automatic and repetitive it is no more than a kind of mental static and fulfills no real purpose. Strictly speaking, you don't think. Thinking happens to you. The statement, I think, implies volition. It implies that you have a say in the matter that there is a choice involved on your part. For most people, this is not yet the case. I think is just as false as is just a as false a statement as I digest or I circulate my blood. Digestion happens, circulation happens, thinking happens. The voice in the head has a life of its own. Most people are at the mercy of that voice. They are possessed by thought, by the mind. And since the mind is conditioned by the past, you are then forced to reenact the past again and again. The Eastern term for this is karma. When you are identified with that voice, you don't know this, of course. If you knew it, 
you would no longer be possessed because you are only truly possessed when you mistake the possessing entity for who you are that is to say when you become it for thousands of years humanity has been increasingly mind possessed failing to recognize the possessing entity as not self through complete identification with the mind a false sense of self the ego came into existence the density of the ego depends on the degree to which you the consciousness are identified with your mind with thinking thinking is no more than a tiny aspect of the totality of consciousness the totality of who you are the degree of identification with the mind differs from person to person some people enjoy periods of freedom from it however brief and the peace joy and aliveness they experience in those moments make life worth living these are also the moments when creativity love and compassion arise others are constantly trapped in the egoic state they are alienated from themselves as well as from others and the world around them when you look at them you may see the tension in their face perhaps the furrowed brow or the absent or staring expression in their eyes most of their attention is absorbed by thinking and so they don't really see you and they are not really listening to you they are not present in any situation their attention being either in the past or future which of course exist only in the mind as thought forms or they relate to you through some kind of role play or they relate to you through some kind of role they play and so are not themselves most people are alienated from who they are and some are alienated to such a degree that the way they behave and interact is recognized as phony by almost everyone except those who are equally phony equally alienated from who they are alienation means you don't feel at ease in any situation any place or with any person not even with yourself you are always trying to get home but to never feel at home some of the greatest writers of the 20th century such as Franz Kafka Albert Camus T.S. Eliot and James Joyce recognized alienation as the universal dilemma of human existence uh, 
probably felt it deeply within themselves and so were able to express it brilliantly in their works. They don't offer a solution. Their contribution is to show us a reflection of the human predicament so that we can see it more clearly. To see one's predicament clearly is a first step toward going beyond it. And the, the next passage of this chapter, The Pain Body, is titled The Birth of Emotion. In addition to the movement of thought, although not entirely separate from it, there is another dimension to the ego, emotion. This is not to say that all thinking and all emotion are of the ego. They turn into ego only when you identify with them and they take you over completely. That is to say, when they become I. The physical organism, your body, has its own intelligence, as does the organism of every other life form. And that intelligence reacts to what your mind is saying, reacts to your thoughts. So emotion is the body's reaction to your mind. The body's intelligence is, of course, an inseparable part of universal intelligence, one of its countless manifestations. It gives temporary cohesion to the atoms and molecules that make up your physical organism. It is the organising principle behind the workings of all the organs of the body, the conversion of oxygen and food into energy, the heartbeat and circulation of the blood, the immune system that protects the body from invaders, the translation of sensory input into nerve impulses that are sent to the brain, decoded there and reassembled into a coherent inner picture of outer reality. All these as well as thousands of other simultaneously occurring functions are coordinated perfectly by that intelligence. You don't run your body, the intelligence does. It also is in charge of the organism's responses to its environment. This is true for any life form. It is the same intelligence that brought the plant into physical form and then manifests as the flower that comes out of the plant, the flower that opens its petals in the morning to receive the rays of the sun and closes them at night time. It is the same intelligence that manifests as Gaia, the complex living being that is planet Earth. This intelligence gives rise to instinctive reactions of the organism to any threat 
or challenge. It produces responses in animals that appear to be akin to human emotions. Anger, fear, pleasure. These instinctive responses could be considered primordial forms of emotion. In certain situations, human beings experience instinctive responses in the same way that animals do. In the face of danger, when the survival of the organism is threatened, the heart beats faster, the muscles contract, breathing becomes rapid in preparation for fight or flight, primordial fear. When being cornered, a sudden flare-up of intense energy gives strength to the body that it didn't have before, primordial anger. These instinctive responses appear akin to emotions, but are not emotions in the true sense of the word. The fundamental difference between an instinctive response and an emotion is this. An instinctive response is the body's direct response to some external situation. An emotion, on the other hand, is the body's response to a thought. Indirectly, an emotion can also be a response to an actual situation or event, but it will be a response to the event seen through the filter of a mental interpretation, the filter of thought, that is to say, through the mental concepts of good and bad, like and dislike, me and mine. For example, it is likely you won't feel any emotion when you are told that someone's car has been stolen but when it is your car, you will probably feel upset. It is amazing how much emotion a little mental concept like my can generate. Although the body is very intelligent, it cannot tell the difference between an actual situation and a thought. It reacts to every thought as if it were a reality. It doesn't know, it is just a thought. To the body, a worrisome, fearful thought means I am in danger. And it responds accordingly, even though you may be lying in a warm and comfortable bed at night. The heart beats faster, muscles contract, breathing becomes rapid. There is a build-up of energy, but since the danger is only a mental fiction, the energy has no outlet. Part of it is fed back to the mind and generates even more anxious thought. The rest of the energy turns toxic and in interferes with the harmonious functioning of the body. And that brings us to the end of that passage. And it may be a good place to pause before 
continuing reading on the, the next episode. So, so here there is an introduction to, first of all, the, the birth of emotions, how emotions are created, the reaction of thought. start of this chapter there was mention of the voice in the head the involuntary thinking that's automatic and repetitive and there is the distinction that you don't think but thinking happens to you And there is a comparison to this to a further understanding that just as thinking happens, the digestion happens, circulation happens. So thinking in this way is a very natural part. Just as the body circulates blood, the mind thinks. So it it underlines that it's it's not about not thinking, you know, to, to be in that. It's just being aware of identifying with that voice, as it says here. When you are taken over, there is no distinction. There is no, there is no awareness of this voice. You are this voice. And Eckhart says here that if you knew it, if you were aware, you would no longer be possessed. That you are only truly possessed when you mistake the possessing entity for who you are. So we can see here there is the, the awareness, the true self that's from the space of awareness. There is thought coming and going, thoughts arising. And then now there is the other dimension of the um, ego, which is the, the reactions of thought that occur in the body, the emotions. So thought, and then there is the reflection, the reaction of thought, the emotions occur. So there's almost an understanding of how there's almost a transparency now to the ego, the way it operates, thought, and then there's identification with thought, and then identification with the emotions. There is no no space there, and and so as Eckhart says, thought alone and emotions occur. This is fine, but when there's identification with it. When there is no space, no awareness, then there is almost a repetitiveness. And I think Eckhart uh, notions about karma reliving the past.
leave it leave it there okay so again <laughs> I would um I would prefer to uh, return um, s uh, soon with another episode but again um, it's it's in some strange funny way it's partly out of my hands in it's accepting that you know life is unfolding I'm here in this moment but as much as I can have an intentional plan then it's almost the you know life will give me this opportunity to record again when when it when it happens but but um of course there is an energy in, in an intention there is a communication with universal energy with my localized energy of of almost manifesting this to say so hopefully i'll speak to you uh, sooner than later <laughs> i hope and of course i wish you well and i will speak to you again soon take care